Hello and welcome to the Zenden, the podcast channel that illuminates a genderless dialogue. I'm your host, Dimitri Pinotis, and with me today is Georgia Craig. Together, we delve into professional, social, and family relationships. Georgia Craig, welcome to the Zenden. Sim Sim, good to be here. <laughs> what a privilege. Yes, uh, thank you. It's really nice to have you on the show. Um, as you as you know, you were one of the first people that I messaged to, to join the show. And the reason being was I really... Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen you this serious. You've gone into work mode. <laughs> yes, this is work mode. Yeah, no, I just really appreciate your ability to maintain relationships um you know obviously we lived together or lived in the gold coast studying a little bit and then you moved back to melbourne i was in gold coast and then i think maybe i came back to melbourne but you know we're all doing our different things but there was still a relationship there even though there was no communication and i feel like you have a lot of friends like that so it's it's a testament to your ability to maintain relationships and that sort of goes on to our sort of main topic of today, which is which is relationships. You know, those in a professional setting, in a social setting, and you know those closest to us in terms of family. So, welcome. Thank you, thank you. It's funny as you were saying that I was thinking back to when we met in Queensland, and I knew who you were before we got there. I think yep. I'd messaged you on um. Facebook Messenger or something, I slid into the DMs <laughs> and I remember someone was like, oh, Dimmy's going to Queensland too and I didn't know anyone there. So I yep. was like, oh, okay, I'm going to be that person who messages a random <laughs> and introduces myself. Yeah. And then I remember meeting you in the car park yes. and you were so friendly and you were there with your family and your yep, car yep. full of crap, yep. like so much stuff. Yep. And honestly, I feel like from that moment, mm. we have just stayed friends. It's mm. weird, but thank you. That's very nice to hear. And yeah, I I feel like you meet those people in your life where they're the type of friendships you don't have to speak every day and when you see each other once a year or however often, you're just back. Mm. And I really value those friendships in life. I think moving to Queensland was a test of that. You know, it tested my um, friendships in Melbourne because I moved from Melbourne to Queensland for a year and that sort of tested who like stood the test of time. I know that's a really bad way of putting it, but it's true. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. you see who those friends are, who are, I don't want to say needy, but mm. are kind of, it's almost a little bit superficial in the way mm. they rely on messaging you every day and getting a coffee and all those mm-hmm. things. And then you see those friends who are there no matter what, no matter mm. how frequently you're chatting and they just respect that you're moving on to like the next adventure and they're there for you at the end, I guess, mm. which mm. has been interesting to see both moving up there who those people are and then moving back who those people are and I think you and uh, another one that comes straight to mind is Shah she'll be course, listening probably gotta give her a shout out um but yeah I really value those friendships in yep. life and since moving back to Melbourne there's been a few things that I've done in life and you see who the people are who turn up and be there for you and support you no matter what and truthfully they're all the people who I can go a year without messaging and catch up and we are like stuck to each other like glue at a party like they're (laughs) they're the people and the friendships I think I've started to value more and more Mm. um and shifted away from maybe that sort of high school mentality where you've got to be friends with everyone Mm. and 
you're always messaging a billion people at once and I think it's just not sustainable once you get older and mm. have work and you're so busy and stressed mm. and all these other things come into play like anxiety and stress and yeah it's just not sustainable to do that so mm. thank you um, <laughs> I definitely value those types of friendships yeah. and try to yeah pick those people out and mm. put and channel my energy into those people mm-hmm. you touched on some really key points there that I wanted to raise whilst you're speaking I was Word sort vomit. of making a few uh, mental notes but um, one of the things that I wanted to actually I'll, I'll just touch on this briefly and um, this would go in line with your work and, and we'll, we'll delve into that a little bit later but you know, if you are not 100% and you haven't been able to recharge yourself, you know, whether it's good sleep, healthy diet, mm. you know, just simple things and just checking in with your body. And um, well, if you're, if you're unable to do that, sort of you're unable to communicate and give your best to those around you. So not only are you doing yourself a disservice because, you know, through the inability to look after ourselves, we create sort of anxiety or stress or you know, just sort of discontentment in our everyday lives, then on top of that, then that energy that is dwelling within is also passed on to the next person. So um, as I said, you're not doing yourself a favor or the next person. So I think it's really important to, you know, realign sometimes and be like, I actually need some me time, you know. Mm. So the ability to have those friends around you to be, yeah, that's that's fine. Like, you know, we don't have to talk every week, every day, whatever it is. It's just like we'll chat when we need a chat type thing. So, um, yeah, I just true. wanted to mention that really quickly. And quality, not quantity. Yep. Oh, that You just made me think. Um, I find in myself, and I'm interested if you do this too, but when you overcommit to people mm. and you're like, yeah, I'll catch up with five people this week, <laughs> when I do it, I'm actually such bad value and mm. I sit there and I'm not present and yep. I'm scattered, yep. just constantly thinking in the back of my mind, oh, I've got to do this, this mm. is on my list, quickly check my phone, sorry, mm. got to reply to this person. and. Yep. I'm actually the worst value and I sit there and I leave the catch up thinking, sorry, I was yep. so scattered and I probably put out the worst energy and maybe mm. I've made that friend now stressed. Like <laughs> we, we always joke that I'm kind of a stressed person, mm-hmm. person but I, I don't want to be the type of friend who passes on my stress and anxiety to other yep. people. So I think, yeah, stepping back, picking, you know, two or three people mm. at a time that you really want to give your attention and be really present mm. um, is something that mm. I'm trying to do better yeah. <laughs> slowly. <laughs> uh, it's a work in progress. So I'm just going to rewind a little bit. You know, you came up to Gold Coast. Remind me what your degree was. Okay, well, it was a bit of a shit show for me, <laughs> if I'm fully honest. So I've changed degrees about six times. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I moved up to Queensland, I was doing – and this is testing my memory, business law. That's right, yep. And you were doing sports science, I was right? Doing sports science, And yes. you stuck with that the whole way. Yes, I did, I did. Loyalty to the degree. <laughs> <laughs> I was a cheater. It was a toxic relationship. Um, so for me, yeah, business law is where I started. And yep. then whilst I was doing that, oh, I just realised that I it wasn't for me. And I would dread going to lectures and my shoots. Like, I remember this one teacher I had, he was so mean. And he'd always pick on me and he knew I was the weak link. And so I just wouldn't go because mm-hmm. it would make me feel like shit. So mm-hmm. I, would leave. I wouldn't I would go. I'd go to the beach instead. And I remember in Queensland we had this rule 
well, I'm pretty sure Nick Kayser made this, but it was like, if there's not a cloud in the sky, you go to the beach, which is such a stupid rule to make in Queensland because it's literally picture perfect yeah. 90% of it the is, year. So is. the days I went to uni drastically dropped. Um, and yeah, I hated it. And then there was a whole lot of shit going on at home, mm-hmm. um, which we can talk about if you'd like. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I had sort of family stress in Melbourne. I hated my degree. Mm-hmm. From there, I was like, nah, I want to make a shift. And I kind of got into health and fitness, yep. which we share, yep. which I love that. Um, and dietetics was where I wanted to go. Mm-hmm. But I was on a half scholarship in Queensland and they wouldn't let me transfer my um, scholarship to a different degree. So I looked into, you know, the cost of staying there or the cost of coming back and it was significantly cheaper to move back. Mm-hmm. Um, Bond's a private uni for anyone who doesn't know that. And, yeah, it's super expensive, mm. amazing, worth it. Um, but for me, the right choice was to come back to Melbourne where mm. I started dietetics. Joke's on me. I soon realized that was all chemistry. <laughs> and I was like, this is not what I want to be yeah, doing. Yeah. Um, so I literally sat down and was like, what's the degree I can polish off the fastest and mm. pull on all these electives and the subjects that I've done? Mm. I hate uni. Get me out. Let me just finish this. And I think the degree it was at Deakin and it's just bachelor of business yeah. um, I majored in management but the funny thing was I hated it at the start and by the end I loved it and right. I like often think about going back to study so <laughs> came full circle basically yeah. and polished off the business degree which is sort of where I started minus the law but yeah. um, thank god uni's behind me yeah. and you've just polished <laughs> off too well yeah mine was a little bit interesting in terms of like left Bond with two subjects to go, thought I could do them in Melbourne, couldn't do them in Melbourne, so now I had to move back to Gold Coast. <laughs> the politics of uni. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, so that took a little while longer. but um, It's all done now? It is all done now, yes, yes. Um, what I was curious to know was coming to that realisation of, you know what, this actually isn't for me and I feel mm. like there's a bit of stigma when you go out of the bell curve to try something new. And, you know, there's, there might be a few doubters in the back who say that's a bit crazy or whatever. And when you decide to, to make that first step and then you realise, you know, whatever it is, a quarter of the way through, halfway through, you're like, fuck, this actually isn't for me. This sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's sort of like, in short, swallowing your pride and being mm. like, you know what, I made a mistake. But at the end of the day, who gives a shit? And I'm mm. going to actually pursue something that I do enjoy. And I feel like, you did that obviously in Queensland, but then coming back here, you've done that a few times as well. So um, yeah, if you wanted to delve into that, and you know what, you know what you're feeling during that time, or you know people that were maybe there to support you, or vice versa, um, and you know what you learned from that, because you know obviously now you're in a pretty steady position, um, which is all built up from let's just call them mistakes after mistakes, mm. and it's just like you sort of fiddle out what you don't want to do, and then you end up at what you want to do. Yeah, that's true. Oh, you feel so much guilt, I think. Mm. I remember um, in Queensland, yeah, there were there were a few weeks in a row where I was like, I just don't want to be here. Yeah. And I was coming back to Melbourne like most weekends yeah. and you actually came <laughs> to my room because we had dorms and um, – yeah, you came to my room and we were sitting. I remember sitting on my bed and you were like, what are you doing? And I was like, I know, Dim, I'm lost. I don't know what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think as soon as you say it out loud, mm-hmm. you realise how stupid all the voices in your head are. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when I wanted to move back, I kind of felt like a failure because 
I had had a full going away party in Melbourne. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> like that's they're the stupid things that yeah. you think about. Yeah, You're like, oh, well, all my friends said goodbye. Yeah, yeah. I've moved up here, mm. and now it's been eight months, mm. and I kind of want to come crawling home. Mm. And people say, you know, stick it out. Things mm. will change. Just mm. stick it out. And I just remember thinking, nah, like. To me, eight months is I've stuck it out. Eight yep. months, and I don't know. Like I feel like as you try new things, you realize what is right and what isn't right. Mm. And trial and error always. Yep. Like I know I started all those degrees, and I hate to think of all the money that has mm. gone down the drain trying mm. different subjects. And I don't know. Trial and error, though. Like by starting those degrees, I've realized there are paths that I don't quite want to go down. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you do feel ashamed and embarrassed and stupid and like how do you sit down and tell your friends I actually hate it here (laughs) how do you do that it sucks and like there are parts of Queensland that I love and miss but at the end of the day I really wasn't happy um and I think once you decide in yourself no this is right for me even though you just have to be selfish like Mm. if you think if you think who am I doing this for? Is it for my parents so that they're proud of me for going and finishing a degree? Or is it for me because this is like the life that I want to do for mm. the next however many years? And mm. I realized I was staying for the wrong reasons. So, yeah, yeah you've got to think selfishly. And at the end of the day, no one is harmed by that decision. Mm. Like if it's not hurting anyone, you can just do it for you, I think. Mm-hmm. So tricky one. And, yeah, changing degrees in Melbourne, I felt like an absolute scatterbrain and mm. – I've said this to a few friends, but like at school, <laughs> this, this is going to come off arrogant, but I feel like at school I was such a good student and I just flew by, <laughs> got the A pluses uh, in the sacks. Like I can school just was, that. yeah, I was a teacher's pet <laughs> and yeah. I'll own it. Like yeah. school was fun and like not easy, but it was mm. easy to do well if you mm. applied yourself. And then I got to Queensland, I was like the worst. <laughs> and that's what I hated. I was like, this isn't me. I'm not being spoon fed anymore. Yeah, like yeah. welcome to the real world, bit yeah. of a slap in the face. Um, and it wasn't easy and mm. my grades were terrible mm. and I was a bad student and I went from being the teacher's <laughs> pet to being the wagger. Like yeah. who would have thought that would be me? But I think it's just testament to the fact that I wasn't enjoying what I was doing and, yeah. you know, when you hate something, you neglect it and you put it off. So, mm-hmm. yeah, mm. I think selfish decisions at the end of the day were were the right thing to do in the moment. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of the day, I look back, they actually weren't selfish. Like (laughs) (laughs) selfish would have been staying and complaining to my friends every week. That would have been more selfish. I hope I answered your question. No, you did. You did. Well, the second part of that question was the people around you, and in particular, Mm. you know, close friends and family, um, and how are they well receiving you you know, back. <laughs> Welcome back. Because, you know, you've, you've been gone you... five minutes. <laughs> no, but, like, even if you just say, like, Jack, your brother, for instance, mm. sake, like, he's gone from being, obviously, having you around and then he loses his sister for eight months. I don't know whether he enjoyed it or not being the only child, but <laughs> it's like, oh, George is back. I don't have the, <laughs> the house bit, myself the anymore. The bitch is back. Oh, <laughs> uh, he is such a good egg. And actually, yep. he was one of the reasons I did move back. So, Um, I said it was a selfish decision, but I think in some ways it was, there were selfless ways to it. So whilst I was up in Queensland during that whole period, um, my family was going through a pretty rough, messy divorce, my parents, um, and my brother, poor Jack was left in Melbourne to deal Mm. with the pieces and 
the emotions of both parents, I think anyone who is a family um, or, or is a child of divorce, <laughs> I hate saying that, but it's true, yeah. um, anyone who's a child of divorce will realise that as I think maybe if you're older than 10 years old, your parents, they try to hide it from you, but you're you're there. Like mm, you're the mm. counsellor, you're picking up the pieces, yep. you're dealing with the politics and the dynamics in the household and it sucks. Mm, it's mm. it's You have those moments where you're like, who's the adult here? Like why am I – it's like reverse parenting, but my poor brother was left at home to, yep. to do that and uh, my, my parents will be sad to hear that because I know they tried their very, very best to, mm, mm. to not put that – pressure and weight on jack but i think naturally it just happens like if you're in a room with people who are unhappy you can feel it so uh yeah that was a a big reason for moving home and i think although he you know wanted me to stay there and finish it he was so grateful to have me back Mm. and the dynamic at home just shifted it didn't all fall on his shoulders it it was both of us and Mm. we were we became a bit of a team and um i think my mum really appreciated the support too I think we're very similar. My mum, Deb and I, are kind of a mini-me. So to come home and to her, you know, have another shoulder to lean yeah. on was yeah. was a big change. So, yeah, it was a win-win. You know, I moved back um, to to do what I wanted to do but also support my family and mm. having people like my family. They were so supportive. They wanted me to stay mm-hmm. but also I know that they were grateful to have me back and, yeah, it's been navigating the relationships ever since I moved home. It's yeah. like I left when I thought things were one thing and mm. I came home to a bit of a shit storm. Yeah. But, um, yeah, definitely the right decision to move back. And I think if you have those instincts and you, you're sort of thinking about it, you say it out loud, your friends sit across you in the bedroom and nod and agree and say, yep, I think this is right for you, then you know you're doing mm. the right thing. And mm. you did that. I remember you were like, yeah, I think this yeah. is right for you. And, you know, if you have a friend who is totally unbiased and wants the best for you and they say that, mm. you, you know that you're on the right track. So, mm. Mm. yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a bit of a whirlwind. And um, it is. I certainly appreciate, you know, what was going on at home and – sort of moving past that, um, the word forgiveness gets thrown around. Mm. Um, and it's definitely something that I wanted to delve on because um, I'm not sure whether I read or heard something about forgiveness and it definitely sparked some conversations within about forgiveness and um, people in my life that I felt as though... Uh, there was some sort of discontentment between us. And, yeah, anyway, I just did, you know, a fair bit of digging and I wanted to communicate this with you. And, well, I'll give you one example in particular. There's a guy that I've been pretty close friends with. He will remain unnamed for now. (laughs) Anonymous. You know, pretty good mates for quite a few years now. And there has been not necessarily like a vocal, you know, disagreement or whatnot. But there is quite evidently like some disharmony between like us. Conflict. Yeah, a little bit of conflict. Unsaid. Yeah, yeah, just all that unspoken conflict. Okay. Yeah. Um, and you know, I not necessarily constantly, but I know it arises in my consciousness where, I, like, I either think of him or think of the situation from my perspective. And I sort of changed that tune probably two weeks ago, and it was like. Even though there's no, you know, me like verbal communication from me to him, I genuinely forgive him. And I feel like um, that goes a long way, even though I'm not speaking to him 
or like we don't really speak anymore. Even though I'm not, I don't sort of call him up and say like, look, mate, I forgive you. I personally feel like the energy that I am protruding out of forgiveness and peace mm. goes a long way in um, rebuilding that bridge. Um, I've spoken a little bit about interbeing in my last podcast and in short, it's just the continuation of emotions through people. And, you know, let's say you leave this, this room, you know, pretty happy. Then the next person that you speak to will often get that vibe as well. And it continues, it flows on. So the energy that I've passed to you, although I might not see the next person that you see, it's translated through that, through you, you're just a carrier. The ripple effect. It is, yeah. It's a ripple foot. You know, butterfly claps its wings mm. one side, causes tsunami on the other side of the world. So um, it's something that I've been working in, on internally is just forgiving. And mm. although I may not be vocal about it, just to express uh, peace and forgiveness. And um, it's like you've made the decision yeah, to I, forgive well, him. Yeah, like I have a conscious like, decision. Yeah, I like, and you know, when the when the occasion arises in my mind anymore, it's no longer met with not necessarily disgust, but it's not like, oh, you know, I, I hold him something against him anymore. It's mm-hmm. just like, um, it's th- that emotion is purely dissolved now. It's yeah. just there's nothing there. Let it go. I just completely let go. So, do you feel like a weight's been lifted off your shoulders oh, since sure. making that conscious yeah, decision? Yeah, for sure. For sure. There's yeah. no more like holding on to any sort of animosity and or like anxiety around yeah, it. It's nothing. It's just yeah, as I said, it's just dissolved fully. Um, you know, obviously the next step would be to approach mm. approach him, but it's that situation where I believe, like he might believe something different, but I mm. believe that I was sort of wrong, so it's not my place to make the first step. But maybe it is. Maybe it is my 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 yeah. sort of first step. Because maybe he feels the exact opposite. Maybe Everyone like, has their own exactly, story about that. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, anyway, f- forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's I have had to make that decision in my life. And, you know, for me, it, it, a lot of people won't understand unless they've actually been through it. But um, long story short, yeah, my, my dad, unfortunately, like got caught up in a lot of lies and was mm. – like he'll say his story which is different but in my mind and it's brutal but like he was the reason that our family fell apart and I just had a lot of anger and Mm. resentment and I just hated him like Mm. at the end of the day you love your family but I didn't like him at all I didn't Mm. like the person he was and I didn't I felt wronged I felt like betrayed it was crazy I had all these emotions and Oh, I would have such anxiety around it because I was like purposely ignoring phone calls, didn't want to see him. Mm-hmm. And then I would have fears that he'd rock up to my work and surprise me and I would be caught off guard. And then that would trigger anxiety in me and I mm-hmm. would feel more worried and kind of got to this point where it all built up. And I was like, look, for me right now, it is easier on me emotionally to actively forgive him. I'll never forget, <laughs> but right. I, I do forgive him for his mistakes. Yeah. And I, I just remember I consciously made that decision. I was like, he's fucked up big mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and will he ever learn? I don't know, but that's not my responsibility. I can't control what he does, but I'm going to forgive him for the par- the mistakes he's made in the past and just let it go. Mm-hmm. And it was like this weight lifted off my shoulders. Mm-hmm. I was no longer scared to run into him. 
it's not that I didn't care as much. I just felt carefree about the whole Mm. relationship in a really positive way. It is what it is. Accept it for what it is. But I, on my end, the part that I can control is the anxiety and the negative feelings and just the stress that it caused me. I could control that. Mm. So I feel happier for coming to that conclusion and like actively making that decision to forgive. Mm. I definitely feel happier for it. And it then leads like to the next thing, which is people around you are like, why would you forgive that Mm. person? Mm. Like they did terrible things to you. Why would you, or how could you just forgive them? Mm. And unless you're in that position, I I don't think you can truly empathize or, or truly judge. But, um, yeah, for me, it was the bright decision to forgive and to put that energy back out there that, mm. yeah, it, I, I was sick of being angry and yeah. sick of being, sick of feeling wronged. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness is an interesting one. I think you can, you choose to forgive. Mm. Um, and I don't know, you see on TV, like in TV shows, you know, someone will forgive, forgive someone, but then it keeps coming up. And it keeps being a fight down the line. Like, that's not forgiveness. No, you not. haven't actually let it go. Yeah. Um, you've just put a Band-Aid on it. So, yeah, I think if you're going to actually truly forgive someone, you have to deal with all of it mm. and make that decision long-term. Like, mm. you can't forgive someone and then two weeks later say, actually, no, you're unforgiven. <laughs> I take, back <laughs> I take it back. I hate you again. <laughs> like, that's not forgiveness, no. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's it's hard to learn. It's hard mm. to no, it is do that. But it is. I try. Oh, no, well, it's extremely immature of you to do that because, as you <laughs> said, it's more. Well, it's not really fair on yourself because you're holding all this animosity. Yeah, and I was this little angry person. Sick. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah, and you're breeding anxiety in mm. yourself. Mm. And you know the the mind is a very conniving. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just like you know. I'm thinking about something and then you start thinking about something else and it builds up, it builds up. And it's like you're creating all these like illusions within that aren't even like reality. It's not like nothing of this is going on, but you know, you just keep thinking, keep thinking. And then, you know, we overthink and then it's just like, fuck, I'm about to explode. Yeah, (laughs) I know. And it it sort of ties, like my head is going to explode. It sort of comes back to at the start, like making the decision to move home and just Mm -hmm. doing what makes you happy. Like, I knew that if I, you know, forgave my dad, mm-hmm. I knew that I would be a happier person. Yeah. Um, and, like, our relationship is better. It's not 100% where it was and it never will be and yeah. I don't want it to be like that. But, mm-hmm. like, I've set the terms now. I've chosen to forgive and I just feel so much happier for that. So whilst you have all these other people looking in being like, how could you forgive someone who did that to you? Mm-hmm. It's not about what they think. If it makes me feel better, mm. if I'm a better person for it, if the relationship is now in a place where I want it to be, then that's a win, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. Life's short yep. at the end of the day. And if, if something was to happen, I would never want my last words to my dad to be what mm. they were. So <laughs> as much as sometimes yep. I do want to stick it to him, <laughs> um, <laughs> like it's just that's not the dynamic yep. I ever want in my life. It's it's toxic. and. Yep. I don't know. It's just not sustainable. Mm. Like how many, not, not speaking to someone and actively choosing to block this person out of your life mm. is so exhausting. It is. It really <laughs> it, is. It's yeah. so tiring. Yeah. Yeah. And I got to the point and it sounds like you did as well, but I was like, I'm just sick of this energy. It's mm. draining me. Mm. I, 
I'm sick of it and yeah I want to let go of the tension mm-hmm. and better for it for sure looking back it was definitely the right decision I think yeah I can say that confidently yeah well if we're, <laughs> we're <to> bombing <laughs> <laughs> um no it's it's beautiful to hear that because you know obviously there's unfortunately a, a very common for a lot of kids to go through that um mm-hmm. so no it's it's really nice to hear your experience and and dealing with that um so thank you for sharing that i, I appreciate that no as i'm sure everyone listening would as well <laughs> um so if we're to go in a professional sense um i might give you a quick little blurb you might want to add a few things so you've obviously started um, Core Plus franchise in Brunswick East. It's very north. Fish, Fish You're very north. close. <laughs> north side. Yep. Yeah. Um, correct. Just off Nicholson Street. Correct. Um, I have had the pleasure of joining a few classes, <laughs> although you won't let me join your classes in particular. <laughs> I'm too embarrassed. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, you have to have impeccable relationships um, when the, you're starting the business because you've obviously started it from scratch. Um, from my understanding, a bit of a hollow factory that's been fitted out by yourself and two other friends. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to delve into building that relationship for not from not knowing these two girls to now, you know, dealing with them every day. Mm. Um, and in a business sense, it's a little bit different to a friendship because you can't just not talk to them for two yeah. weeks. <laughs> it's a wild ride. <laughs> we, I've, I've never spent more time with two people. Yeah. Um, yeah, so for a little bit of context, um, I've started. I've opened a franchise yep. um, on Nicholson Street called Plus Fitzroy North. Come try a class yes. anytime. <laughs> You're more than welcome. But it's, um, yeah, Yoga Pilates Reformer Studio. And I've opened it with two girls. They're both 10 years older than me, which has um, been interesting as well. The two girls I met through work, um, which I think highlights the importance of starting jobs Mm. if you quit jobs stay in contact with people and you know throughout all these different decisions you know leaving uni starting new job new job changing degrees all these things like i've really tried to stay in touch with the people who i clicked with and Mm. who i want to learn from um going back to like the first topic i guess in you know maintaining relationships i've really tried to do that through different employment phases um so yeah two business partners romy and erica Romy, I met through one of my jobs at Lululemon. And when you meet someone who you're just always bouncing entrepreneurial ideas off, mm. stick with that person. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we would work together and I don't know how much work we actually did, but we would be like, oh, this is such a cool business. Look at this person. This person's doing something cool. Mm-hmm. And we were always throwing around ideas and talking about goals and dreams. And um, yeah, when Rom- Romy left Lululemon before I did, but I remember I- – she said to me and I said to her, you know, if we ever open a business, we're in it together. Like nice. I, she's yeah. someone who I would want on on my side. She's yeah. a creative genius, always pushing the boundaries. And I felt like even at Lululemon, like we were a really good team in the way she would have this wild, wild, and I'd like put that in bold, like wild idea. <laughs> and then I would be the person to be like, is this actually doable? Like yeah. what's the practicality around it? What's the time frame? fuck it, let's do it, you know, and that was kind of – that's always been our dynamic, I think. Mm. Uh, I hope she would agree with that. And then um, uh, Romy moved on to Core Plus and then I moved on to Core Plus thanks to Romy. So, Mm. 
sure enough, I stuck to her like Velcro and here I am. We, and we, I work in the Corpus head office with her and that's where we met little Erica, who is an accountant turned Pilates wow. goer. So jack of all trades, that yeah. girl. Um, she likes to think she's in the marketing team as well, which she, she low-key <laughs> is. I value her input yeah. very much. Um, but the three of us, yeah, we just really got along. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's funny. Like, they're both Perth girls and they joked about opening a studio in Perth. And I had such big FOMO. I was like, guys, what about me? You can't leave me out of this. So another lesson, invite yourself. Like, be the bold person who says, yeah. what about me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and then it just kind of became a little trio opening mm. a studio and we have no money. <laughs> so between the three of us, like what funds can we pull together? And yeah. it, it turned out to be a really good amount each that we wanted to invest. And we were always transparent about that from the start, um, which I think has been so valuable. Like mm. what's our maximum that we could put in? What's our maximum we're willing and happy to borrow? Um, I've learned that debt is okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's how I met the girls. Yeah. And uh, a really good thing about the three of us is we all have very different skills. And yes. if you're thinking about going to business with anyone, that would be my number one piece of advice is go into business with people who have different skill sets to you that are complementary as mm. opposed to competing. Mm. I just can't imagine what it would be like working with um, – if I was an accountant and Erica also an accountant and mm. we were both mm. like – bickering over the books i just i would hate that i Mm. just can't imagine doing that and Mm. it would really cause tension so the three of us all have very different skill sets and we divide to our strengths in terms of the work um also yeah a big thing for us and if something's not working we speak up and and Mm. divvy up like who would be better at who would be better at doing that job but the three of us built the studio during the pandemic which was Mm. another interesting challenge Mm. um yeah, scraping the, the bottom of the barrel for cash, pulling it together, trying to build a space whilst not being allowed at the studio because everyone's in lockdown in yeah. Melbourne. It yeah. was just a wild year, but a few grey hairs mm. and the studio's opened. It opened last November and touch wood, the relationship between the three of us is stronger than ever. I think, I think we just have huge respect for one another in – the, pl- the part we play in the business and like we all have our moments of meltdowns but yep. they're all at different times which That's is great good. like it's so funny I think back to the build and we all each had one melt a big <laughs> fat melt yeah and then it took the other two to be like yep. you're being ridiculous mm. snap out of it right now mm-hmm. I remember my melt was over a drink fountain I like yeah it's, it's, it's the stupidest thing <laughs> I really wanted this nice drink tap and the other girls were like Georgia we have no money. And I was like, I know, but you just get so irrational. And you're like, I was saying like, yeah, but it's in the reception. And seriously, the most trivial things upon reflection, I can't even believe it was a conversation. And and I was genuinely so anxious about this drink tap. Like it, it kept me up at night. Yeah. And the other girls were like, it's a no. It's yeah. a hard no. And then the next morning I was like, thank God for those two yeah, girls yeah. being like, you're being ridiculous. You yeah. know, unique people who are, who are honest and brutal and mm. we have got a friendship, but there is that element of um, work relationship yeah. through it too. Like, um, yeah, it's, I'm grateful. Mm. Well, it's a fine <laughs> to put balance. It yeah, it's a fine balance because, you know, maybe starting a business or some mm. sort of idea with a friend potentially may not, may not be ideal just because you get along on a social sense, yeah. may not be 
you know, ideal in a business sense. And you touched on a couple of, I think, key attributes, um, mm. communication and honesty. Yep. Um, you, you, know, just say it. you just got to say it because the worst thing you can do is hold on to it and then bring it, bring it up like two months later. And it's like, well, what are you yeah. doing bringing that up now? You know? And especially in a trio, a female yeah. trio. A I lot think, of flair. Yep. <laughs> and a lot of people have, have said to me before we went into business, like, are you sure mm. that you want to do this with two other girls? And it's true. And I think if you think back to school, if you had, if you were in a female friendship with the three of you, so two other people, there's bitchiness, like mm. no doubt at school, you know, two people would bitch about the other and then it goes around the circle and it's, it's toxic and it's terrible, mm. but I feel like I can confidently say, I hope, I hope this is true for me. <laughs> I hope they're not bitching behind my back, but I can confidently say that that is not the dynamic. Yep. You know, if, if I don't agree with something that one person is doing, I'm not going to go to the other person and bitch about it. I'm going to go straight to the source yep. and say, Hey, I, I really disagree with this. Like my gut tells me otherwise. And it's the only way you can have a sustainable relationship with three people. Mm. Otherwise, you just build all this resentment towards one another and it mm. becomes, yeah, bitchy, which it shouldn't be. Like, mm. we all want the same thing. We want to get out of debt. <laughs> but, like, we're all passionate about the same things yeah. and you just have to say it. Yeah. It's savage, but you, you have to. And, you know, I would I would hate to hear that the other girls were saying, oh, George is so worked up about this mm. and didn't tell me to my face that I was being silly, I, I would really be upset by that because mm. as you are as well, I'm the type of person who likes feedback and I mm. like to know how I'm coming off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like leave a conversation and think, what am I like? <laughs> like how, <laughs> how did I say it? Like I, it's, it's cringeworthy, but yeah. I, I do like, I like yeah. to be self-aware. Yeah. And if I was being a nutter, I would want to know. So yeah. Yeah, you have to say it to each other's face. I don't know. You're you're very big into that. You're like, just tell me it's constructive. Yeah, yeah. No, I think feedback's great in all in all facets. Of course, mate, it's great. <laughs> no, for sure. Being you know upfront and honest is something that I maybe sometimes comes across as me being a little bit too uh, forward. But uh, yeah, that's but just the I way think, it is. I think good friends will appreciate that. Yeah. Have you yeah. had that experience? Yeah, oh, for sure. For sure. You know, I, as you said, I would much rather a friend come tell me, like, Dean, you're being a bit like, more crazy here. Yeah. And, like, you know, Turn it down. Or, like, you know, whatever it is. I actually had a friend um, tell me that I was being a little bit judgmental last week. And I was like, sweet. You know, that's cool because... Initially, I was pretty taken back by it because mm. it's not something that I would define myself as. Well, naturally, you get defensive. Yeah. That's yeah. your first That was the instinct. first thing. It was like, what the fuck? No, no I'm not, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, obviously, a bit of time's passed since then and I've had some time to reflect on that. And it's like, well, it's sort of irrelevant if I can think about a particular moment of me being judgmental. It's feedback that I've had. So it's something that I have um, sort of, given out to somebody that's how you've come across yeah. whether you like it or exactly. not exactly <laughs> exactly that's just how it is so mm-hmm. you know you just got to take that and it's you know one thing being able to, to say that and be open and honest to your friend um you know i really appreciate him telling me that because that's hard to do oh, it really is um, the worst. but you know you've got to respect that in in acknowledging mm. and moving forward so um yeah, I was a little bit taken back by that. I'm not going to lie. It's the first reaction <laughs> is to be defensive. Yeah, yeah. You can't help it. No, you can't. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
I, I know exactly how you feel. <laughs> but sometimes you just have to step away and let it marinate and you think do. about it. You do. Yeah. I don't know. Like, you're in control of how you feel and they're in control of how they feel, mm. but it's always, you know, awesome to think about how you're making people feel and mm. Mm. and maybe things have just been misinterpreted. Like, I yep. can't imagine you intentionally trying to be judgmental. I wouldn't have thought so. I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think that's in your character. Yeah. So, you know, maybe something's been worded wrong or... Yeah. 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 And... Good good friends will tell you. That's it. That's it. I think. Um, yeah, and they'll always tell you the hard things. Like, a, a few of my friends have always said that, you know, if, if this ever happened to us, we would tell each other. Yeah. Um, and it's a hard thing to do, but, yeah, good, loyal friends will do it because it's what's the best for you, right? Mm, mm, mm. Like, imagine if you were sailing through and you know, people were offended and, and thought you were really judgy and you didn't know that that's how you were coming across. You mm. would get, you know, at the end of the year when suddenly you've lost five friends and be like, well, why didn't anyone just call me yeah. out for it? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not what you're meaning to do. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think if someone is telling you that, they're a good friend. Yeah. Keep them close by. Yeah. So obviously, you know, starting your own business is – pretty pretty big thing especially at our age like you mentioned Romy and Erica are 10 years older than you yes so what is it from your perspective when you're coming into this it's like you know are you looking for like your role in particular are you looking for um, you know niche market gaps are you looking at how to penetrate a specific target market or you know what is it that Mm. you know your role is well I think when we were at uni together I always wanted to open my own business like Mm -hmm. we talked about all the time and what I would do is like try and find gaps in the market and I'd be like oh this would be really cool this is you know a niche that I would like to tap into I don't know if um core plus it definitely fits into a niche so it's it's Australia's fastest growing yoga and Pilates franchise we have three things under the one roof so reformer Pilates hot yoga and hot mat Pilates Mm -hmm. um intertwined into that is um strength focused training it is sort of grounded in Pilates, but there's strength in there and there's warm yin under the yoga bracket. So there's some recovery in there too. But yeah, three offerings under the one roof, which I don't know another franchise, maybe one that does it like that. Mm. Um, So I think when I found Core Plus, my mind shift shifted, my mindset shifted, I should say, from wanting to create something brand new to instead finding a model that works. And I think I worked in for Core Plus for um, a year and a half before I opened the studio and I just saw that the model worked. Businesses were making money. Mm-hmm. Um, I think having the different rooms in the studio and thinking about how many people you can service with one instructor is a huge thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's shifted from trying to be like entrepreneurial in the way where I have to think of something brand new that no one else has ever done to being like, what's a good model that works and then be the best in the market at that. So Core Plus is just yoga, Pilates, reformer. A lot of people have been like, you should bring in nutrition and you should bring in all these things. And we strongly think we're going to stick in our lane and Mm. do one thing and do it really well. Mm. Um, and I think we have like the model genuinely works. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Um, 
it's crazy. And like from a business sense, the really successful studios currently in Melbourne, like at this very point in time, the ones that come to the top of my head, Preston, Richmond, Ascot Vale, like they're, they've been opened a few years and they're kicking goals. Their community is amazing. And yeah, they, they just, they trust the model, mm. um, which is what I've learned. I think I've definitely shifted instead of looking for something new, look for something that works and do it better. Mm. That's a really interesting one, not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you see some businesses and they've tried to be too, mm. like, kind of reinventing, like, things are good for a reason. Mm. If it works, it yeah. works. And, yeah, I think if, if your product is awesome, then you, it'll work. Yeah. You mentioned sort of kicking goals and, and goal setting. Is that mm. something that you do personally or in business? Both, yeah. Both. Definitely. Yep. Please delve into this. Well, for all my dad's flaws, he has taught me to set goals. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, Dad. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, yep. I remember the back page of his diary, he would always have like one-month goal, one-year goal, five-year goal, mm-hmm. like always broken down. Um, so definitely, I think maybe I've started doing that less a little bit personally and just mm-hmm. kind of going with the flow a little bit more. Um, and taking the pressure off but in terms of business yeah we have weekly meetings which mm. another thing that is just a must yeah like sit down every week over a coffee somewhere where you feel happy mm. um air out anything that is a pain point and what's the focus like you all have to be on the same page yep. so coming out of a lockdown like our focus right now is to just keep members happy and like get people back in the studio and into classes which is hard because we've been capped with restrictions Mm, so like how can we make people feel safe covid free Mm. but also like like they're getting their money's worth when you can only book into so many classes and then down the line when things start to return we'll be like okay our focus is on memberships how can we convert all these new people that we've had come through our door onto a membership so Mm. Definitely, I would say we probably have monthly focuses, focuses where we really drive it home and and think about it that way. Um, but I would say I've stepped away from more personal goals. Definitely a couple, but um, a bit. I'm a bit more open to going with the flow, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to thinking like I must achieve this. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's a really interesting point you mm-hmm. raise because I really respect the professional goal setting, like in a mm. professional setting. Um, recently got a new job and we do the same thing, you know, weekly meetings and um, really important to cross-check of where everyone's at and mm. and the next week to come, what we're trying to sort of delve into. Um, and on a personal note, I was really big on goal setting when I was younger, like during high school, let's say. Mm. Um, you know, mum would do the same thing, like let's sit down, write down your goals. What do you want to – same as you, what do you want to achieve in – this term, mm. next year, et cetera, Get et cetera. An A plus. <laughs> <laughs> that never happened, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Not bail. Not get a detention. Yeah, that would have been it. yours. You that, were a little bad yeah. boy at school. Early on, it You're was naughty. no demerits, and then it turned to no detentions. Um, <laughs> no demerits. <laughs> oh, we are such opposites. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as I've sort of progressed and sort of delved into my own life, mm. And I mean that in the nicest way, but I sort of feel when you're at school, you're still living in the parameters of, you know, what your family wants to do, what your school wants you to do, and you don't really get to express freedom. So what I wanted to mention is that 
although goal setting might be cool in a professional setting, I think personally it didn't really work for me because you sort of get fixated on a end point or a goal, like this is what I want to do. And you sort of get the blinkers on and it's like, this is the only thing that matters. And well, firstly, you miss the journey and that's Mm. the most important part. You're learning all these new things that are going on in order to achieve that because it's just, as I said, you've got the blinkers on, it's like, I'm working towards this. But I'm turning down other opportunities. Exactly. Yeah. And that's another thing. You don't know what's popping up, new, meeting new people or, you know, some other job might come through and it's like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. Like, um, you know, AJ, this podcast, never thought this was going to be a thing until realistically two, three weeks ago. And I was like, hmm, this would be pretty cool. Do it. And then let's just do it. Um, so, yeah, I really respect that personal um, and don't get me wrong, some people work really well with discipline yeah. and I used to really work well with mm. discipline, but I feel like if you have good self-awareness, um, then discipline sort of goes out the window because it just happens for you organically and there's there's a lot of beauty in organic growth. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's cool that you mentioned that. Yeah, I agree. I think, yeah, if you're too focused on something, you might miss an, an opportunity that will be better better serving i think mm. well um, like we've, we've grown up in it it's like yeah at school it's like you know you have to achieve this and mm. if you achieve that it's reward. get into uni yeah all it's, those it's all reward based like yeah all the way back to like prep when you're getting a smelly sticker for doing something good it's all re- reward <laughs> based the best. <laughs> you know and then it's obviously it getting is, though, good yeah. grades and it's like doing well on my sacks or it's like yeah you know getting some sort of leadership role it's all reward based so it mm. sort of gets and status in a way it is it is and it just gets conditioned into our everyday living mm. Um, but breaking free of that conditioning is pretty empowering because it's like I'm actually doing what I want to fucking do and that's fun. I agree. <laughs> Start do living. You, do you have moments where you're like, we can actually do whatever we want? Like, <laughs> I do. You, like you can sit and yeah. just watch movies all day if you want to do yeah. that. And guilt-free as well. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's wild. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw a meme that was like that. It's like the moment you realize you're an adult and you can actually do what you want is quite scary. Yeah. No, it's um, like you don't have to have breakfast in the morning if you don't want to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do know. I do know. And I actually distinctly remember when I was younger having really small moments of clarity where I'd be like, I am. Dimitri Pinotis. <laughs> this is me. And I can do whatever I want to do. And you start going, no, that's crazy, like, whatever. And then you just get back to No, I've got to finish my degree. Yeah, now. I know. <laughs> I'm no, like, even like this is up probably when I was like between seven and ten. Oh, I'm, like, doing little stuff. Bubba. Yeah, and then, you know, you sort of snap out of it and then you just get distracted with models yeah. and stuff. Um, no, I know what you mean. <laughs> but yeah, you have Have, those, have you grown since then? I have grown, yeah. <laughs> not, oh, I'm a height. No, absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> Um, but then yeah obviously when you mature you have more of those moments where it's like i am and i can do what i want it's weird (laughs) adults i don't know yeah it's a good feeling though it is i remember when we talked about opening the business i was like well yeah like i don't see why not i've got no reason to say no yeah yeah um like if you you want to go to the bank and borrow money? Mm. You can. You can do it. It's that's weird. A, that's a grown-up move. I know. <laughs> I have to get comfortable with debt slowly, but like it, it is weird. You know, you have this conversation with your parents as a kid, and they're like, 
you know, paying off the mortgage and all these yeah, things yeah, and yeah. you just can't imagine a world where that's you and mm. now it is. <laughs> it's weird <laughs> paying back like loan repayments. I yeah. don't know, but mm. it's fun. It is fun. It's fun. Yeah, can't take it too seriously. No, well, that's the main thing. It's like you got to uh, remember that we're living here. And, True. And um, you just got to enjoy the ride because at the end of the day, we're all going to die. So, oh, um, now we're getting grim. So like, well, like, it, even like if you go a little bit lesser, it's like enjoy every step that you take because there's going to become a time where you won't be able to take any more steps and you're just sort of, you know, either in a wheelchair or, you know, just bedridden mm-hmm. or whatnot. So um, being mindful of appreciating every moment for what it is, especially in this age and it's a pretty um, pretty cool time to be alive and to mm. just go through the motions and, you know, do whatever your routine is without actually, like, sort of taking a step back and being like, fuck, this is cool or, like, I love my life. It's mm. um, it's sort of a waste. You're just I know. wasting the days. And it's an interesting one because you hear, and my family does this a lot, where it's like, get home from work and say, oh, today went so fast. Like, mm. that was a good thing. Like, why is that a good thing? Like, I know. I want to enjoy every every day let alone every moment oh it's so true you know we want these days to just keep ticking over to get to the weekend and it's like it's a sad way to live it is well it's kind of tying back to relationships at the start like this sounds so cliche but i want to you know get to the end and be sitting in my bed and look back and be like so grateful for all the people in my life Mm. and you you and i would both put in so much effort with friends and family and that's like what's important to me i think at the Mm. end i want i want to look back and be like we had fun. I know that's so cringe, <laughs> but it's true. Like, yeah. w- you know, I, I was always present with these people. Yeah. I gave them my all. Um, I was a good friend, mm. but also like how lucky I am to have such good friends around me. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like get to the end and think, wow, I gave it, I gave it everything. Like it's mm. so fun. And yeah, it's, it's good. It's weird to think like that. And it's so <laughs> cliche, but I don't know, surrounding yourself with the right people, actively mm. choosing to like not, you know, maybe step away from people who aren't making you feel like that. Mm-hmm. So important. But mm. yeah, why do we like wait, race through the weekend <laughs> and get to the weekend? I think um, a year ago, I really shifted my mind on that. And um, I went to the Resilience Project mm-hmm. show, um, show by Hugh, Hugh Van Kallenberg, Kerry Boy. So I'd mm. actually seen him speak before, but dragged my boyfriend along and went to that and it was so good but the the main thing I took from it was at the end of every day he says what are three things that went well for you mm. and I liked that shift because it, it wasn't like what are three things that you're grateful for because that's an easy question truthfully mm. like and, and we're in a privileged position where we can answer that so easily but you're like straight away what are, what are three things you're grateful for go today yep. or in general? just in general like what are three things you're grateful for right now <laughs> Well, I'm grateful for my parents instilling um, freedom and questioning all things in me okay. at a young age. Um, there was always like a sort of, not necessarily challenging authority, but it's just sort of like a questioning mm. um, and following my curiosity. I think that stems from mum and dad's raising me. So that's Props the first thing that t- comes up to my mind. Nice job, Helen. Um, the second thing would be relationships. So... Um, I don't just mean the people around me, but obviously Jack's my dog. Um, and then, um, as you know, big in the garden as well. And I'm a firm believer that everything is in relation with each other. Um, and 
the energy that we, we've spoken about that you give out is sort of what you're getting back. So um, to have and foster good relationships around me is um, something I'm very grateful for and, and the ability to do so. Um, and the third one is, I'm going to say in inverted commas, inverted commas, all the negative shit that's happened to me in my life because in that moment of struggle, there's a really beautiful opportunity to question yourself. And I feel like that only arises when you are struggling, when shit hits the fan and you really see your true self. So personally for me, um, injuries that I've had, Mm -hmm. relationships that have formed and broken, Mm -hmm. um, probably the first two things that come to mind. Um, So, yeah, very grateful for those because a lot of learning occurred during that. Yeah. Okay, now what are three things that went well for you today? Today, well, you showed up. Thanks. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> Didn't cancel on you. <laughs> um, mind you, it's early in the morning, so it's hard to... Uh, had a, actually had a really nice meeting, well, it's considered today, but late last night at 2am. <laughs> so... Um, I got a job with a cryptocurrency blockchain. Congratulations. So, thank you, thank you. The uh, the meetings aren't uh, in my favour because everyone's in the Northern Hemisphere. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we had a meeting at 2am this morning. That counts. And um, that went very well. We had some really uh, nice progression and we've just launched our um, our NFT suggestion. So I won't delve into that. But Ooh. anyway. <laughs> this is all language that I don't yes, understand. Yes, <laughs> that's why I won't delve into it. Um, Congratulations. So that's the second thing. And the third thing, what went well for me today? Um, had a nice cuddle with Jack. Had a nice cuddle with Jack. Yeah. This morning. He always starts on his bed. I'm sure Darcy, your dog, will be the same. Oh. They start on their bed. Somehow in the middle of the night, they just managed Work to sneak in up. under the blanket. <laughs> I actually woke up probably, oh, let's just say a week ago, and I took a photo of it because I couldn't believe what had happened. He'd start on his bed, and at 4.44, like as I said, I woke up and took a photo because I'm off like literally on the corner of my bed. I'm like, what is going on here? I wake up and Jax is in the middle of my Starfish. bed using my pillow to rest his head. <laughs> oh, living like a king. He deserves it. Oh, God. That's so, so funny. But you don't want to wake them? No, so you don't. Like, okay, you I'll don't. sleep on the couch. <laughs> um, you, t- you move to the dog bed and Jax is in the human bed. Although Jax's dog bed is big enough that you it can is. probably fit it in is. there quite comfortably. Um, but to get to your point, the second part was definitely more difficult to answer. Yeah, right, but yeah. it makes you think about the present moment mm. and I think I I do that too. Like I'll be like, three things I'm grateful for. My bed, um, <laughs> yeah, a, a good family and a roof over your head. Like, yeah. so, you know, privilege to answer like that. But mm. then it's, it's easy. Like mm-hmm. you can, well, like I'm grateful for, um, yeah, like food Having in the food fridge. The table, yeah, yeah exactly all those right. things. Yeah, and. Yeah. And that's great, but it's not actually making you appreciate yeah. the present moment. And yeah. it's so much harder. Like at the end of every day, now my boyfriend and I, we always go three things and it has to be from that day. Like mm-hmm. what actually went in your favor? And no matter how shitty your day is, like honestly, I can have had the worst day and I come home in a foul mood. Mm-hmm. As soon as I think about those three things and like off more often than not, if it's a crappy day, they're like a cuddle with my dog, Darcy, who's just mm-hmm. the best mm-hmm. and, and equal with you Jax and um <laughs> Jax is giving me cuddles right now and oh it'll be like my 
um, my boss bringing a coffee over to my desk. Like that was yeah. so nice. Um, maybe it's like the quiet walk from my car to the office. Like you, you can think of three mm-hmm. things, no matter how crappy the day, mm-hmm. three little things that went in your favor. You can always think of it. And it's just changed my whole yeah output, whether it's a nice conversation with a friend, a text message that made you smile mm-hmm. and yeah, appreciating mm-hmm. the little things. It's a very nice outlook. It's the key. Question that I'll be uh, bringing into my daily. Yep, end of the day. Yeah, yeah. Three things that went well. Yeah. Well, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh. Any questions or anything you were sort of working on in the background? Or oh, I'm keen to see where this podcast goes Yes, you. as am I. As am I, I have literally no idea, to be honest. Um, as I said, just an idea that popped in. And I think there's some really beautiful people and beautiful stories around it. So it's just a platform. Mm-hmm to share that's really easy and you know obviously it's affordable it's free for everyone and yeah. oh, well sorry for the dribble <laughs> coming out of <laughs> my <laughs> mouth <laughs> thank you for um, having me no thank you very much i appreciate you uh coming in today and sharing the space always um so if people wanted to get in contact with you call plus on instagram yes, call plus underscore studios yeah. i manage our social media so you can slide into the dms mm, there if you want okay. to chat um my personal instagram i keep kind of separate to to yeah. work but um georgia a craig yeah. is where i'm at and the website's pretty pretty good as oh, well for the business yeah. um yes uh core-plus.com.au cool Awesome. It's Ray North. See you there. Not Brunswick. (laughs) Not Brunswick. Maybe Uh, next time we'll open another one there. uh, Beautiful. Thank you very much.